What's up guys? Welcome back to another daily Bible reading snapshot. Today we're looking at Genesis 36 and 37 here in the Old Testament. Genesis 36 is all about Esau and his family. So we're going to find a list of people that are going to be called Edomites. They all are right here in chapter 36. But in chapter 37, we're introduced to a brand new character that is going to be super important for the rest of the book. In fact, Genesis 37 is all about Joseph. And Joseph is going to be the main character all the way to the end of the book. He actually has more chapters written surrounding his life than any other character here in the book of Genesis. So that's significant. We need to say, okay, there's something significant about Joseph. Even though he's not Jacob, even though he's not Isaac or even Abraham, there's something important about Joseph. He's, the, going, to be, he's going to be the character that takes the people of Israel from the promised land into Egypt and have them saved. So he's the one who's really going to be used by God to do that. So here in chapter 37, we're introduced to him. We're introduced to the idea that Jacob loved Joseph more than the other sons, which was problematic. Even though Joseph is not doing anything wrong here, it's still not good that Jacob loves one son more than all the others. That's that's not a good parenting trait here from Jacob. But it says that he gave him all these things and it explains it all to us. And then it says that Joseph was given two different dreams from God. And in both of those dreams, the brothers and the family of, of Jacob, so Joseph's brothers and the family of Jacob, end up bowing down to the character that's represented by Joseph. And they understand what that means. They understand that that means that Joseph thinks he will be elevated above the rest of them. So they kind of have this conversation like, okay, just because dad made you special clothes does not mean that you are more important than us. It doesn't mean that we're going to bow down to you one day. If we're thinking about, if we know what the rest of the story holds, we know that that's going to happen later on. And we'll reference back to this when we get there. But it even says his father rebuked him. He said, hey, don't say that. Don't say that people are going to bow down to you. That's, that's not a good idea. Then it says later on, the brothers of Joseph were so jealous of him that they found an opportunity to get rid of him. So the first idea is, let's kill Joseph. But then Reuben steps in and says, no, 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 let's not kill Joseph. Let's just let's just sell him off uh, into slavery. So that's what they do. They sell him to these Ishmaelite traders, and then they sell him to Egypt, and Joseph goes down to Egypt. And that's really the end of our reading today. But the problem is, they not only do all this evil to Joseph, they lie about it to their father, Jacob. They tell Jacob, oh, we found his clothes. I mean, a beast must have come and just torn him up. This is so terrible. Which again, interesting. Jacob, the old man, getting lied to from his sons. Does that ring a bell? That Jacob, as an old man, is being lied to, deceived by his sons? Does that sound like something maybe Jacob did to his dad a generation earlier? That when Jacob was a young man, he lied to his father about his brother? Even using like the clothes that are brought, like it's just very similar to the Jacob and Esau problem that we saw last time. So just very interesting here that the, the biblical author, right, Moses, is presenting this to us and really God's presenting this to us. And I think he's trying to teach us a lesson that Jacob reaps what he sows, so to speak. Jacob, the deceiver earlier on life, is going to be deceived later in life and even earlier in life. So even though Jacob has really stopped fighting against God, I think one thing we see here is that his sons repeat the same errors that he has done, which we see that with Abraham and Isaac. We've seen that all over the place in the book of Genesis, but I think it's significant for us to notice. So 
That's our Old Testament reading. In the New Testament, we are looking at Matthew chapter 12, the beginning of Matthew chapter 12. And there's a controversy, really two big controversies that happen here in Matthew chapter 12. We're going to read about the first one today and the next one tomorrow. The first one is this, that Jesus is superior and he says that he's Lord of the Sabbath. And he tells some Old Testament stories and he reminds people who don't like the fact that he's working on the Sabbath, which again, he's not really doing the same kind of work that was really told for the Israelites they weren't supposed to do. But he says, remember, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. And also remember how the people of Israel, even in the Old Testament, there were times where they took exception and they did things that were pleasing to God, but didn't seem to follow the normal pattern of the Sabbath. We see things like David, when he was hungry, um, he entered the house of God and he took the bread of the presence, which he didn't just go in and steal it. The priests there gave him the bread of the presence and they gave him the sword of Goliath. So there are times in the Old Testament where exceptions are made. And he's saying, look, God says, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. He says, if you would have understood that, you wouldn't have condemned me for this. So Jesus is telling these religious people that the fact that they thought, so they had this idea that if they follow the letter of the law exactly the way that they interpret it, that they were going to heaven. The problem was, Jesus says, you know, the whole point of all this is so that you'd become in a right relationship with God. Now, that doesn't mean the commandments are unimportant. In fact, he says he's Lord of the Sabbath, and then he tells them another story. He says, hey, if one of you had a sheep or an oxen that was down on the Sabbath, would you save that sheep or oxen? I mean, would you go and take that sheep out of a pit? Would you do that or would you just leave the sheep in a pit because, oh, it's the Sabbath? No, you would save your sheep. You would save your child. If your child was in trouble, would you say, oh, well, I can't work on the Sabbath, so I can't pick them up? You would not do that because you know that God values life. God values you saving a life. And that's what Jesus is doing. So he's saying, don't get mad at me for healing on the Sabbath. This is something that really should be common sense to God's people that he would do. So then we have that, and then there's this little section we're going to read from verse 15 to verse 21, where Jesus is going to be quoting, um, well, Matthew is quoting about Jesus here. It's a reference to Jesus. It says, Jesus withdrew from that area. Many followed him, and he healed them, but he told them not to make him known. And then it quotes that this was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. Now, this is the prophet Isaiah chapter 42, verses 1 to 3. And this is the servant section where God says his servant is going to come. The spirit will be upon him and he will do these amazing things for God. That's what Jesus was doing. So when we see Jesus's earthly ministry, we need to know that it is fulfilling many of the things that are promised in the Old Testament. It just seems like Matthew always wants us to see that. That in fact, this whole chapter today in the New Testament is all referencing Old Testament stuff which shows again that reading the book of Matthew without a good understanding of the Old Testament can be hard for us to do. With a good understanding of the Old Testament, the book of Matthew makes a lot more sense. So what he's saying here is he's Lord of the Sabbath and he is fulfilling the ministry that Isaiah said that he would do hundreds of years earlier. Really, and it was God. Which again, when we look at scripture, whether it's Old or New Testament, we know that it's inspired by God. So God, if he makes a promise, God is going to keep that promise. And that's what we see with the life of Jesus, which is pretty amazing and something to praise him for today. So that's all we got for today's Daily Bible Reading. We'll see you back tomorrow for another one.